0: one spags it's the 5th of july best ball breakfast and splash play would not be deterred we are broadcasting from parts unknown are you ready to do a best ball mania draft this morning yeah pete announces that he's having a girl
1: now he's hiding in a bunker to get away from all the engagement that's coming to social media platforms we're gonna hit best ball mania today for a best ball breakfast episode of splash play pete's got some giveaways to touch on as well terry mclaurin signed a new contract lots to hit on right after this intro Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the best ball breakfast edition here. I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend of mine, Pete Oversett. Pete, how are you doing? And and I guess the big thing people are waiting for, your official public statement, because this is your first show since announcing that you are, in fact, a, a girl dad coming this December.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say that people were waiting for my coffee pour, and I was going to say I was not explaining, going to explain that bit to my mother-in-law this morning and bring her coffee pot up to the room. So no, I do have my coffee, but no pour. We are pourless today. And yes, it, it seems like an eternity ago. I did finally announce that on Friday. I'm going to be a dad. Thank you to all the well wishes. I have not gone back and kind of confirmed and benchmarked my engagement relative to spags's. Luca announcement but uh hopefully uh I did okay see we didn't announce in advance
1: that the baby was coming Pete because we are <laughs> grappling with that every single day of last summer after um, Alex found out after pounding a bottle of wine at John Mullaney's live show <laughs> um, but that was so that's the one difference between our approaches Pete but it's exciting for you and of course Pete the really the big thing for me of course somebody that just cares about our content I'm excited to launch the Splash Play Parenting Podcast that I think we've all we've both been thinking about on some level for the last year
0: no, I mean, any shot of that happening uh, completely evaporated when you sent the post of Luca making a seductive pose, and uh, I m- will make it my life's mission to keep my, uh, my future daughter away from your son. Yeah, Luca with his fat little baby belly out, so, uh, a pacifier
1: lightly in his mouth as if to tease a little bit was what we were going for there, but I'm you know, very excited to welcome you to the Parenting Streets, and I'm sure uh, JJ Zacharys and I assume already inducted you into the special club that comes with just you know knocking somebody up.
0: Yeah, that's right there. You know, he has the uh, we had the East Coast dad. We got the girl dad. So I'm just layering on all of these, you know, bits after bits. So, yeah, I'm joining an elite fraternity of fantasy football content making dads based on the northeastern seaboard. So make sure you're following at Peter Overzet and
1: show him some love on there as well as following me at Chris Bags and following at Splash Play Pod. We're going to get into the draft in a second here, but Pete, one item we didn't touch on on Thursday's show that I want to make sure we got. Terry McLaurin got his extension, and it was one of those extensions where uh, it's up to, worth up to $71 million. So the guaranteed money I didn't see officially in headline that might have been just one article I was reading, but still a spot where they paid him some nominal amount to make him feel good about himself. Devo Samuel, DK Metcalf not paid still. Does this affect anything with what you're thinking about with with these guys where Debo already threatened to hold out DK Metcalf was on the trade block or potentially on the trade block and McLaurin resigning. I feel like if you're one of those guys, you got to be really grinding an ax about Terry McLaurin getting paid before you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything changing for how you, uh, you handle these guys. I am more surprised that you're kind of skirting around the biggest news of the weekend, which was drew Locke getting bodied. By the US Open's uh, you know, social media feed. Did you not
1: see this? I did not see that. No, I was mostly disconnected. I had guests over. Then we also had the, the fucking baby sleep regressions, which are a delight you'll have to look forward to. But no, I missed that entirely. And now now I'm mad at the US Open for whatever they did.
0: Wait, are you serious? Okay. First of all, I will say your boy uh Drew Locke recovered uh very nicely and uh and played into it. But I will share here. I included, I think Cooter Doodle included it in the fantasy life newsletter today, but So there was this tweet here. Yes. So um, some Seahawks fan had responded. Actually, my screen share is messed up. Sorry, guys. I'm on my laptop. I'm not on point today. Um, so the, they, there was like a highlight from the the tennis match here, and uh, some Seahawks fan replied, Not a sport. US Open Tennis comes back and says, Not a sport, says the person about to watch week 17, 17 games of Drew Locke at quarterback. So, what is your response to this absolute body bag for Drew Locke Nation? I'm just excited to see them saying that he's going to play 17 games. Okay.
1: <laughs> That's the big news item there. The U.S. Open must know something that all the Seattle beat reporters and uh, NBC Sports Edge alerts don't know. So I'll look at the positives right away and say that that's a big win that he's expected to play 17 games by the tennis people.
0: Yeah. And so then Drew Locke uh, came back here the other day and said, uh, happy fourth to all, but especially to the intern at the U.S. Open. Uh, All love. See, you know what? I'm coming around on Drew Locke. He seems to have a sense of humor here.
1: Yeah, he's got, you know, posting beautiful photos of Natalie Newman, having a great life on Instagram from what I see there. He kind of looks like a bit of a dork in all these photos in a way that I did not know about Drew Locke, but I think maybe shows he's got a brainier side to him, replying to these tweets, looking handsome in photos. And, and again, if the US Open saying he's playing 17 games, I think we all need to adjust our projections accordingly.
0: Uh, FF Doom saying Pete literally cannot see the number 17 without saying week 17. <laughs> I did immediately uh, say week 17 there. Uh, Drew Locke will not be playing in week 17. Mark my words. Oh, Mark, you're, you want to make a bet, Pete? Is he playing yeah, in week 17? Dude, dude, vault me. Vault me. For, at freezing cold takes, vault me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Drew Lock will be playing week 17, winning me a million dollars, maybe one of you out there as well. And then, Pete, I feel like the last thing, you just want to give you a chance to promote here, the Underdog Cardio Club, uh, semi-wrapped up, still going on on some form to give people a chance to get in there, but you're going to be giving away prizes throughout this show by spinning the wheel uh, based on people who participate in the Underdog Cardio Club.
0: Yeah, uh, so I believe, I I, no one knows our exact final tally. Uh, I spent good chunks of my holiday weekend sending out gift cards. I think we're at like 175 members, give or take one or two right now. And I know they extended it another week for anyone uh, wanting to blast off. Like our guy Joshua Frick last week tried (laughs) to do seven cardio drafts. Um, And I should also shout out Spags for the way you tastefully edited that highlight real to not have the full-on Josh, you know, nip bomb here on the show. So one of the few times you actually keep this show classy, Spag. So congratulations.
1: I, I figured that, you know, I, was, I knew I was going to retweet it for the Football Outsiders handle to give us a little bit of a boost on that one. I was like, I don't think they need Josh's floppy man titty going. <laughs> to his, uh, Tony Khan, all the NFL GMs and all the people out there that we want to impress every show. Uh, perhaps not the best. Like we appreciate our guy, Josh, for coming on the show, doing his last two rounds and, and freezing with really an adorable – has there ever been a bad freeze frame when somebody's camera has been stuck Pete? You know as, as well as anybody who's had some real uh Zoolander blue steel kind of looks for yourself.
0: Um yeah, I mean just shout out to uh to Josh for uh for making that possible because uh I I was I was very impressed by his performance. I I am uh you know, I'm not an easy laugh sometimes and uh Josh had me busting up. He uh he had some good one-liners. I think he really seized the moment uh for his, you know, Splash Play 5 minutes of fame. I also have to point out here, of course, Pete is on his laptop, so the screen really looks No, <laughs> no, adjusted. no. Look who's, this is how you recover. This is how you recover, Specs. Looks like you're having a little traffic jam on that initial screen. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're uh, I had someone, it was so funny on, uh, I got a comment on the ship chasing YouTube from your show, and it, it wasn't about you, but someone was like, can you make can you make the um, the boxes bigger? The past two shows, it's been hard for me to read. And I'm like, dude, you're coming at the guy who maximizes his screen real estate. I'm telling you, buddy, it doesn't get any bigger than this. No, that's I'm not sure not the first time you said that one to somebody. <laughs> no, trust me. I'm a, I'm a, a, a grower, not a shower, specs. <laughs> but where's the bunk? I feel like now we need some bunks. Okay, you're right. Let's get a little morning bonk here from my in-laws. Sounds great.
1: There we go, and we are almost on the clock here. As Anthony asked, when are we going to do big dog drafts? Uh, never would be my thought. <laughs>
0: uh big dog. I'm, I'm excited for when they inevitably launch the uh, the big dog. I mean, what I was what thinking bulldog it... drafts. Never mind. I was like, we're not going to do a slow draft on the show. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> for the course of a summer, of five hundred dollars. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. Um, I am curious to see what chaos ladder. So he does go Jefferson. Um, it, what's really interesting here, and I assume there's no conversation we're taking yes, chase, no, right? chase. Yes. Um, we, uh, we hopped in our first main event draft over on FFPC this past weekend, Gretch, Pat and I over on ship chasing, we're going to have mini sodes, kind of talking through those, but it's interesting. Like the market has clearly on both underdog and FFPC decided they prefer Jefferson over chase. Like there's almost like a tier gap now, even in ADP, which is really interesting to me because we were talking about it. And I think Pat slightly prefers Jefferson. I'm pretty indifferent. Like I'm happy to get either of those guys. I mean, do you consider a tear break between jefferson and chase or are they kind of the same proposition for you i think i'm happy to get either but i do think jefferson like i've talked
1: a lot about how i'm buying into some of his headlines from the offseason about how he wants to be a hall of famer how uh, he wants to break records and i do think this offense for him like adam thielen getting a little bit worse you know irv smith kj osborne they could certainly take some production away but more likely they're just gonna make it so they can't really double team justin jefferson over and over again. Like, I think out of all the guys, to me, if anybody doesn't take that Cooper Cup leap, and it's obviously not a big leap, he's going wide receiver too. But like, to be a guy who can go for 2,000 yards, I think it's just a Jefferson, you know, barring one of the Bengals receivers getting hurt. I don't know how Jamar Chase Foley gets there. Um, so I like Jefferson more, but I don't think it's a tear break. Like, if you're in that five spot, or, or let alone the six spot,
0: I think you're happy if either of those guys falls to you. Yeah, it is a, it's a really nice spot. Obviously, on FFPC with the one-and-a-half point, Um, tight end picks you can get uh, Travis Kelsey sneaking into the top five and actually based on their really early ADP Eckler is even in the conversation there for the first five picks, which I guess makes a little sense because outside of McCaffrey and JT, like Eckler has probably the highest pass catching ceiling of any of those other early running back so i could see why he'd be prioritized in full point ppr but man i just uh it's hard to envision something shaking up the underdog tier break after five it just seems so delineated there i could see digs getting closer to six just because of all the the zero rb rooms and people certainly streaming the yellow
1: or orange of underdog um but besides that though i'm mostly with you on uh, on that point, also Nez's chat here for his 11 month membership. Uh, scared of Jefferson's week 17 matchup. Sadly, that was one thing Pete on Friday stream where somebody had mentioned the Jets. Uh, excuse me, the the Giants game. Uh, let's let's do the pick. And we can go back to that point.
0: Um, Mark Andrews is starting to fall a little bit here. Um, I'd also be fine uh, with with Reek or Higgins. What do you want to do? Uh, I mean, do we want to reach for the expensive Bengals Bills game? That could be a very cold gen- uh, January 1st. <laughs> Uh, I don't really, I don't like reaching for that one. I don't mind if it just falls in your lap, but I guess I just take the chance to grab a, a cheap share of Andrews here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I never have an issue with an elite tight end and Andrew's falling a little bit to us. I think that seems fine. Uh, so yeah, the one thing that the guys were raising on the Friday solo stream, of course, which is exclusive to the SplashBoy channel, so make sure you subscribe on there. Um, they were telling me about, you know, the Giants game and I think it was the particular area was like, oh yeah, you know, that game playing in a dome and it's actually, no, it's playing in MetLife Stadium. So that could be cold. That's one thing with week 17 correlations, Pete, that I do think, weather-wise we don't like you can't predict weather obviously for january 1st of 2023 right now that said like a game in green bay a game in buffalo even a game in kansas city maybe a higher propensity to be a cold game with some wind and that doesn't mean guys can't get fancy production but is that something you would consider at all at this point is that people are really stacking up cincinnati buffalo stacking up denver kc and it could be zero degrees and snowy in both those games
0: yeah it is something i think about because you know, when we, it was when we were talking about all this week 17 correlation and stuff, and actually let's we'll make this pick here. Um, and this is why I don't for oh, T Higgins did go. I was like, did T Higgins fall okay. back to us? Um, I'm definitely good with e- with either of the Chargers wide receivers here. Who do you think? I'm more team Mike Williams, but you could take either and I'd be fine with it. I know. I think. I think I'm the exact same way I've been trying to make. I don't have my uh, my brick HUD uh, installed on my <laughs> laptop yet, so I don't know my exposures, but uh, yeah, we can grab Mike. Um, but yeah, no, what I was just going to say is like the same thing we we don't know which teams are going to be good we don't know which teams are going to have good defenses what are the things we can control we know that correlations exist and that production between quarterbacks and pass catchers is correlated and we also know where these games are going to be played so those are some of the only variables that we actually can control from and you can go look at the chargers playoff schedule go look at the rams playoff schedule not they're all warm weather dome games like i think that stuff um matters a good bit and i do think It should give you pause. I'm not saying I'm shying away from Bill's bangles because I'm trying to fucking predict the weather, you know, 17 weeks out. But I will say, like, it's it's a note to me not to force and reach that stack. One, you could be heading into, you know, a bad weather game. But on top of it, I do feel like, and one of the reasons... I've really not been forcing kind of the quintessential stacks. You know, the Debo, Devonte Adams stuff is just knowing a lot of people are reaching for those. They're going to be highly duplicated. And I think there's ways to build really unique teams um, without getting that chalk start. Like everyone feels good getting a Chase Higgins start, but I've been messing around more with like the backdoor stacks and just thinking, how can I get access to these games in both cheaper and unique ways than kind of most of the field? No, I think that's reasonable. And I think for me, the one thing that, you know, I've talked a lot in some of the streams that I've been doing alone just
1: to kind of fill the airtime with what I, I think one game theory thing people aren't doing is just leveraging against other people's potential failure. And I do think that applies for even a chalk correlation for week 17, where if everybody's getting Cincinnati Buffalo, like maybe then that is time to start to think otherwise. And I know you've been beating this drum as well, like taking your Washington Cleveland's taking your um, Indianapolis Giants, taking whatever, uh, even maybe Seattle jets, if you want to get really frisky with it. But I think that's something to think about a little bit is if you are just heavying up on Buffalo, Cincinnati sacks, heavying up on Denver, KC stacks having up on Minnesota green Bay stacks. Those games could be cold. It could be, you know, useless come week 17. Maybe the guys during the season, like those are all teams that should be pretty good. They can still add value to your roster, but if you are stacking for week 17. Like maybe you go with a different stack for week 17 and just take, you know, one of the best parts or two of the best parts of each of those offenses.
0: One other thing that worked out for us. Well, here taking Mark Andrews is Pitts Wasn't going to come back to us. And then Kittle Waller weren't going to come back to us. So, you know, sometimes it's easier to pass on Andrews knowing one of those guys will be available to us. That wouldn't have been the case there. Um, Definitely some running backs staring at us here. Uh, What are you into? I would say ETN
1: or Hall would be my choice at this point. ETN feels like we're getting a discount, even though it's not a discount for where he was even two weeks ago. But at this point, I guess you got to take some shares. Yeah, I was actually surprised.
0: Uh wh- I thought. I had more ETN than I did. Um, I think I was only at like three or 4% or maybe it was 7%. Maybe it was just like under what would have been a normal distribution for, for ETN earlier. So yeah, I, uh, you know, he's still one of those guys where at four, eight um, I think you, you look at where ETN's going on FFPC. I mean, he, he's going early third round. He snuck into the second round of some drafts. And if, if that's any indicator of you know where drafters are going to want to take him as we get closer to the season i think there's probably some still some meat on the bone here right where it's like okay you know maybe if etn screams up into the third then it's like all right i'm done grabbing etn but there's like you said he was going mid-fifth so you know he's going maybe around earlier now but i don't know if that's enough to completely you know have you stop packing your etn bags
1: yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think if you get them at a discount relative to the current ADP, I'm still willing to go there. I'm not one of those, oh, I missed them at you know 60. I'm not going to take them at all now. I think you kind of have to adjust with where the field's going to be. And if the field wants to be heavy on ETN, then sure, your earlier shares might be valuable, but that doesn't mean for your back half exposures, you just shouldn't get ETN. I feel like that's one of the, the thought processes that could be an issue for some people out there.
0: Yeah. And uh, let's actually make this pick here. Okay. Um, this is um I've been grabbing Mahomes in this spot a lot lately. I want to say like half of my my past BBM3 drafts um just because of just knowing it's unique and the all the ways you can backdoor stack him but is anything else interesting to you here? I mean, we took our running back. I can't see
1: the case for Zeke. I I don't love Mahomes uh, at this point, but I think it's a little bit beneath ADP. So I'm okay with that one if that's where you want to go. I'd
0: also be fine with Houston, just knowing that we do have outs for... um, Yeah.
1: I would say Cooks or Mahomes.
0: but yeah, Let's let's do Cooks. I I guess as a tiebreaker, because we have two kind of stack options coming up here as far as Burrow... uh, Herbert's already gone... Um, I guess uh Jackson was already gone too. So maybe it's a, it, it was close there. I, I do I do think Mahomes is a, a nice little value there. And you know, sometimes Juju will fall back to you in your next pick. Uh he of course goes right after this. But then, you know, Sky, MVS, and Hardman and Rojo are all in just kind of nice pockets for kind of loading up on the Chiefs. So that's been something I've been doing specifically too when um If I get like Judy or Sutton as well, and it's like, I'm, I'm basically reverse engineering my, you know, chiefs Bronco stack, you know, from the other direction. So, um, it's just something I've been doing a little bit, but I I think that was close and I don't, I don't mind taking cooks there. I also just think a lot of people won't have ETN and cooks together because they were going
1: in the same round. You'll probably pick after each other for a while. And now people are probably like, I'm not going to spend that much draft capital on Houston Jacksonville. So like, I think for a week 17 correlation that, you know, fit the theme of what we're talking about here, or maybe that is the game that goes off. And then these cold weather games only have one player that's worthwhile and not a full stack or an onslaught. I think in that case, you can make like ETN and cooks is probably a
0: really low owned combination that could actually have that week 17 upside. Yeah. doom asking. What's your guys' temperature check on Acres? Are we overblowing that playoff performance given he was only five months removed from the Achilles? Uh, the way I've been kind of handling it, like when Spags and I were just on the clock there and we took ETN, there were like four running backs available there, and we kind of just picked our favorite because it kind of fit. Our structure, you know, with me, with guys like Acres, who I don't find myself gravitating to just naturally, it's normally like a couple tiebreakers. Oh, am I in a zero RB build? Okay, yes. It did Acres fall a little bit past ADP. Okay, yes. Oh, do I have a Chargers wide receiver or cup early? And I get a little correlation boost. And like once I triangulate like three of those boxes, then I'm like, okay, I'll take Acres, But I'm not going, he's not one of my guys. He's not one of the guys I'm just like grabbing anytime at, at ADP. I think the playoff performance, like if you're gonna read in anything, I think the volume is the thing you can read into. That it was crazy they were giving
1: him that many touches, given the fact that he wasn't that great. Uh certainly not playing up to snuff compared to where he was pre-injury, but also that he was coming off the injury and they were still saying, Hey, you're our best chance to win, giving him a lot of looks. That said, like, you know, even without Sony Michelle there, there's just a lot of guys in that running back room. And that's what scares me about him is that if he is running bad or they just want to split it up and get Kyron Williams in the mix, the rookie, if they want to get Darrell Henderson in the mix, like there's a lot of ways they can get away from him. And I think that's what gives me pause for Raker is that like I think it's just there's a lot of ways to get away from it. if he is if he just doesn't ever recover from the Achilles in a way that's noticeable
0: so what do you this is always like an interesting spot here of I always feel gross taking you know Burrow and Kyler is still on the board Um, but then you could also get caught here um with him not coming back how, how do you play these spots Um uh, I don't mind taking Burrow here because I do try to get that first
1: elite QB in the sixth round or you know semi-elite QB in the sixth round so um, if we're going to Kyler, then we're probably going to be going to a Rondale. Like we have to then get the Arizona parts. We have to get the Atlanta parts. Like at least we have Jamar Chase and have one correlation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is where, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with taking Burrow there. I I do start to have a little gamble in me where – You know, I'll look at this side of the board sometimes and be like, okay, so we have a Josh Allen team. We have a Lamar Jackson team. I doubt they're taking burrow. There's uh, the T Higgins guy PSX. He would have been the prime candidate. And I probably would have looked at his team and been like, okay, I can't give him two cracks at Joe Burrow coming back around to complete his Higgins stack. So I do think in that situation, it was the right call, but you know, maybe there are situations where T Higgins went, you know, earlier and went before us. And then you're looking at this side of the board and you're like, all right, there's no one obvious here. There's only two teams that haven't taken a quarterback. Neither of them have a Bengals player. Maybe we roll the dice and see if we can get Joe Burrow at pick 77 instead. But I do think in this situation, that was the right call. The
1: PSX in the chat as well. So there you go. The The corollary, if you say somebody's name out loud, they appear like Beetlejuice. He was 100% taking Burrow. So I guess that was the right move for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah. And you just so it's it's such a push pull of not getting too cute, but also like these are your chances for building super teams. It's like, oh, maybe, you know, if we do that, we can sneak in or sneak in Drake London to this team. And a lot of these other borough chase teams who are taking their guys at ADP, they're not going to sneak Drake London in because he's going to generally go before. So I, I like trying to uh, to get away with something there, but uh, not the case here. Wow. We are in a piss boys draft. Um, what are you seeing?
1: Boy, I feel like I guess we could take another running back unless we want to really reach it receiver. Um, I don't mind Josh Jacobs ever. I feel like generally, especially now, 15 picks behind ADP.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm completely fine with uh, Jacobs here at pick uh, 77. The uh, uh, ooh, value hounding here on this uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah, we did get a... Uh, we got good talent at receiver, but boy, the volume at receiver currently lacking for us. Yeah, yeah. Um... We, yeah, I guess the interesting thing there, I mean, we had, I guess it was like passing. You can kind of see the butterfly effect to this draft. Maybe we take, you know, Judy um, there instead. Then we come back around and maybe we get Mahomes, but then we're not on Burrow, but then we're grabbing like Drake London. You kind of see how sometimes like the pockets of the draft line up more favorably to the kind of structural path you're on. Whereas this one, it got a little bumpy here do you ever get some of those Twitter threads from somebody that
1: you don't know at all in the fantasy football community and you're like, and you just read it because it's a thread and it's impossible to not click those, whether it be for a hate click or like an actual one. And then sometimes they make a point and you're like, is this true or am I just like reading the smallest sample size of a person who doesn't know what they're talking about? Because there was somebody touting Darnell Noni that was like, yeah, like he fits all this, this stuff for like second year receivers and their breakouts, like a 25% target share, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know if I should believe this or if this guy, like is this guy a genius or is this guy completely making something up? And it's usually somewhere like with no, very little in between. The truth
0: is, I am just so bored the second like player take conversations happen. I I mean, it really is just the least interesting thing to me. I was actually thinking about it this morning because I was like, you know, it, the player take thing makes so much sense for casual drafters, right? If you have your one team, your one season long team, it's like you want to get your guys, you have your favorite players and you get one crack at it. So having all these player takes being like, these are the guys I'm going to go get makes sense. But when you're drafting 150 plus teams like us in these contests, we're all thinking of it. From a portfolio standpoint, we're thinking, hey, we're going to have these structures, and we're going to be slotting in these archetypes of players within these structures. That's what's interesting to me. My brain just like closes off, because I see these arguments happening. I'm like, you're arguing for the 55% side of a probability thing, and you're arguing for the 45% side of the probability thing, and you guys are acting like you would want to rip each other's throats out over 10 percentage points of, of distribution on of the probability of this happening. It just bores me, but I understand why it's fun. I understand why ESP. ESPN's first take is the most popular show in the world. Like, I get it; it just bores me. Yeah,
1: James in the chat saying shots fired at Sal. To be clear, I'm not talking about Sal. I'm talking about like Dynasty Man XYZ who pops up from somebody else retweeting him because I try to follow people back for doing interesting things in the fantasy community. And sometimes, like, oh, is this person's you know one of their followers they're retweeting? And I'm like, oof, like I don't know about that. Sal, you know, Sal and Hulk, I feel like are the innovators of the thread game in this in our little space, but. Um, So no, no shots at Sal. It's more like everybody else was doing the same shtick that that Sal has really carved out a lane for himself with.
0: Um, I was going to suggest we take Lockett there just to get another wide receiver. I am actually a little worried about the avalanche to the point. I think we should take a a Lave or Woods, I mean, or even Wilson. I like Garrett Wilson a lot. Um, I think we need to react to this room.
1: Let's do a Lave. I honestly would have taken a QB just because that's how I like to draft is like Wilson's there. But that said, like, I don't think we need to.
0: Okay. Um,
1: if, you, if you're, yeah. cause the avalanche is certainly there. I just, I hate reaching this far for guys that I don't like that much.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is kind of how I think about it. Right. It's like, okay, we, we reached eight picks ahead of ADP. We also gained that back you know, on the Josh Jacobs mm. slide. Right. So if you, if you combine our ADP net minus on the Jacobs pick and the Alave, you know, we're still up, you know, nine, nine picks of ADP value. So I don't stress it that much, but we probably made a, a tactical error uh, with one of our picks, uh, not anticipating this being a full blown piss boys room. I, I, I completely uh, got distracted this morning and didn't see what was developing. Andrew pointed out
1: too, Sal and Hulk are doing player take threads. Are they not? I mean, you can't really do like a structural drafting thread. I feel like on Twitter, like that's not going to get the engagement you'd want. So like you got to feed the beast that, you know, that people are looking for. I guess I would just trust those guys and what they're putting together data wise. than you know, somebody that's just desperate to get anybody to look at their tweets.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the you can, I it as a fun exercise, like you could give me any player and I could make a bowl and a bear case for them using various stats. Like in that, that I think that is like a good skilled app. I do think we should probably take Tyler Boyd here to get our double. Yeah. I I do like dot, dot, dot in a vacuum. Uh, I think I prefer Garrett Wilson, but I mean with our Joe Burrow, I mean, I want to be double stacking him.
1: Yeah. And I think we, you know, like this is a case against T Higgins and I have, I have a lot of T Higgins, so I'm not going to ever be mad about taking the, what if T Higgins something goes wrong there? He just isn't good. Like, I think he's still uh, very worthy of his ADP, but we didn't get him. So
0: let's take the other two guys. I should also clarify the thing when I said like the ecosystem in the fantasy, if, if everyone stopped doing player takes, I mean, God, the interest in fantasy football would crater. <laughs> I, I, I want that stuff to exist. I think it should exist. I think it's fun. I'm just saying for me personally, it's not what interests me, but like, it's not me saying, I don't think that stuff should be happening. I, I think it's, you know, you could probably argue it's the lifeblood of the fantasy football discourse. I would like to see like,
1: my ideal, I guess, what would be your ideal social media content that you would see from people posting? Like, I feel like to me, short tweet with a video that goes along with it that's under a minute. Like, that's what we've been trying to push towards with the clips we put out there. And I think that's enough for me where it's like, if I can't watch an hour show, sell me on your hour show with one minute. Like, that's the kind of content I think I can get into the most. But if you had to just scroll through your Twitter in an
0: optimal way, Pete, what would be the kind of content you'd see the most that isn't Twitter threads? Well, here, here is a Twitter thread that I actually think would be interesting. Show me one of you guys. You do a Twitter, hop in a Best Ball Mania slow draft, and at every pick, you show the board, and you talk through your decision-making process, basically in the same thing that we do in streams in an accelerated version. And what's interesting to me is like, there are certain players that makes sense for different drafts and different builds. And I want to hear you talk through why this selection made sense for this current team you're building. That would be a fun thread for me to read, like how you're developing your thought process throughout a draft. Maybe you're anticipating future players going, whatever, whatever it may be like that kind of strategic thought behind it. I'm not just saying like Darnell Mooney's going to outscore Monroe Ross St. Brown. Here's why. Tell me why it makes that selection makes more sense for this team. Oh, I think based on my ADP, it's going to line up more for me to get fields commit. So I'm going to break my tie in favor of Mo- whatever your logic is. Like to me, that's far more interesting. All right, we're back on the clock here and we got some chats to
1: read too. Um, yeah. I mean, I, we can reach a receiver again. I don't mind taking James cook for something as a bring back.
0: Yeah. Because we're, we're kind of shut out on most bill stuff now. Right. Yeah. yeah
1: I think so. There might be Crowder still out there, but I don't know that we even want to do that. Okay, yes, I guess yeah. You also have Mackenzie and Shakir if you really wanted to get weird, but it does feel like you're depreciating the value of that stack as we go. Yeah. Um, um that's, I mean, Kevin Topkins in the chat, give him a plug too. Of course, he's do, does some stuff with you, Pete, but um, he's actually going to be doing a, a thread of the Scott Fishbowl Live Draft this Sunday. Of course, great charity thing. Uh, that Pete, as as you know, I'm not participating in because I didn't get an invite without submitting anything, so I you know, I can't plug it fully.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so unfortunate that Scott Fish trying to juggle, you know, thousands and thousands of people didn't hand deliver an invitation to your house and say, oh, dear Spags, it would be so good if you would uh, deign to join us in this tournament. Yeah. Does Ben the Knee send me a gold envelope with the ticket
1: <laughs> inside that says, welcome to the Scott Fish Bowl, perhaps a Willy Wonka style character greeting me, doing a little somersaults. Like, that's what I would like to see if I'm going to participate. But, you know, it's neither here nor there.
0: Yeah, you know Spags just has too much pride to. Uh, I, I believe I filled out the form the the very first year I did it, and then you're in his system. But Spag's is even too good to even just get into the system.
1: Right. No, I won't. I won't do data entry <laughs> for
0: anybody. <laughs> Only for pleasure on Excel. Um, let's see here. Do you want to? What about taking Landry and we, maybe we set up something with a Winston double? Yeah, I think that makes sense. Well, well, what's the double part?
1: I guess, well, yeah, so we'd have Winston. Uh, what can we get from Philly? Alave. Oh, no, but what we get from Philly, I mean,
0: if we oh, want to. Gainwell. Philly.
1: Okay, yeah, Gainwell makes sense. What
0: and is- uh, I'm telling you, Quez Watkins, he's a little steady drumbeat out of a Philadelphia camp on Quez Watkins did you see by the way the i know we did the gabe
1: davis uh you know takes on the last i think the last show uh, the commenters always come out when you talk gabe davis and they were like gabe davis like he's chase
0: claypool and then oh. there's some- <laughs> so yes i actually wanted to bring that up yeah there was a commenter that said by Pete's logic, uh, Will Fuller and Chase Claypool should be going ahead of Gabriel Davis. And I I was like, that perfectly illustrates my point. If, if, uh, if Chase Claypool or Will Fuller was the wide receiver two on the Bills, they would be going in the exact fucking spot that Gabe Davis is going because of that big playability, because of their talent level. That's the whole fucking point is that the talent profile isn't as huge of a concern when you're playing in the best offense in the league with one of the best downfield passers in the league too. So I thought that was really interesting. I think there's a lot of guys in the league who are super talented that you could plug in on the bills that would immediately be a fifth or sixth round pick with Josh Allen throwing to them.
1: Oh, no, I fully agree with that. And I think that's one of the things that I've actually enjoyed a lot about best balls. Like obviously on this show, we do a lot of player takes with the DFS, especially when we get to that portion of the season, where we're going weeks a week. We're going to have a lot of player takes, but you know, you kind of have to have that in DFS for this. It's like, okay, I can like a player. I could kind of point out the positives, point out the negatives like Pete was talking about earlier. But the luxury you have is that the room is setting the market for you. So like, I, I don't know, like if Gabe Davis falls five slots, then take him. But you shouldn't be like, no, he's not a top 50 player. I'm not going to take him once above 50 because then you'll just never get Gabe Davis. And he could be, he could be that guy from the playoffs or the end stretch of last year. And that, and you would just be completely fucked and probably not likely to win anything.
0: Yeah. And it, I mean, it is a good experiment too. Like you can go look at your exposures And anyone that you're over eight percent on roughly means you're higher than the market on them. Anyone you're under eight percent on means you're lower on the market. And if you're way under or way over, you know, I heard Justin Herzig say this that sometimes when he's way over or way under, he'll go poke around. He'll talk to Silva and Levitan, go out, talk to people he respects and be like, am I missing anything on this player? And I think it's a pretty good exercise too. And with that Gabe Davis thing, it's like if the market, you know, prefers Gabe Davis at this spot and I'm on such an island here. I would, I, I, I get a little afraid, even when I see I have like zero David Montgomery, it's like, I know I'm stubborn with stuff. Um, but I start to wonder, okay, am I being too rigid with how I'm viewing this, I, I think it's just a good exercise to, you know, we overall, uh, the market is going to be pretty directionally accurate. And if you're way off from it, I think you need to have pretty good reasons why.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say in in DFS and best ball and and, and honestly, in betting, like any sort of gambling based product you're doing, I think ego is the most dangerous thing to have, like to have too much ego and not question your stuff. So I'm fully on board with that. Um, Madison's been there for a ton of rounds. I feel like we should take Madison.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, just value hound it. Oh,
1: yeah. oh! Also, Gabe Davis in the chat saying, "I'd be cut if I played for the Bengals." One of our new bits: we have porn people masquerading as porn bots. Now people masquerading as uh, Bills upstart wide receivers. Gabe Davis would not be cut if you're if you were playing for the Bengals. He'd be ahead of Tyler Boyd.
0: Um. Oh no. I mean, Gabriel Davis would be I, in in that scenario. We need to say is like T Higgins gone? Is Tyler Boyd gone? Um. He would. That would be an interesting one. It, it's hard to know if if he was just in that wide receiver core with those three other guys, it would probably get a little messy. But if you removed one of those guys or even two of them, um, he would obviously be going very high. I also feel like at a certain point, you just have to look at what the team's doing. And they didn't get another outside
1: receiver. Like they got slot guys. They got Shakir. They got Crowder. So it just seems like Gabe Davis should be running outside playing you know a lot of what Manny Sanders was doing last year, what Davis himself was doing, what they would sometimes rotate uh, Beasley out to do. But I don't know. Like I think there's a lot of a lot of misreading of tea leaves with that one, and that's the the take that I'm willing to die on the hill of. Like I don't think Gabe Davis's ADP should be as high as it is. But the same token, like you can definitely make the case for just tethering yourself to a wide receiver two on a team that's very likely to be in the hunt to win a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have anything more to say about the Gabe Davis stuff. He's a fine pick in that range, and uh, I, I think you're overthinking it if you're hard fading him uh, there. So we got over 150 people watching live, but only 35 likes on Pete's channel. So make sure you hit the like button does help Pete
1: and his channel stay ahead of the curve as well as on the splash play channel as well. Just hit the like button on both versions of the video. If you can Helps us out a bunch to get seen by more people. And that's what, at the end of the day, this is all about in this channel and we are back on the clock and it seems like you want to take a tight end.
0: No, I was just kind of scoping out the situation to see what was there. I mean, the value is certainly still here in the running back range we could take van jefferson if we wanted a little correlation there but i'd prefer taking piercer Hines. james hasn't gone yet has he no okay so yeah i would say piercer oh no he yet. has gone okay, so we got to take trevor lawrence then um let's i don't think we're i don't feel quite as panicked here at at quarterback okay
1: i matt ryan and james going ahead of trevor lawrence feels wrong to me though where did where did james
0: why did james go Jameis Winston went to Jay Filt here. What is what it what was? Oh, because he he's on? he's grabbing Taysom Hill for <laughs> and Kamara. I don't know what this team's doing. Uh Trey Lance, unstacked Jameis, well ahead of eight. How how far ahead of eight? where is Jameis going these days, ADP wise? He took Jameis, yeah, 12 picks ahead of ADP. I guess he had Kamara. Okay. Yeah, Kamara, Kamara, and then he
1: grabbed Taysom Hill.
0: Um I'm at my in-laws, so I can't tilt as hard as I would in the comfort (laughs) of my own home, but I'm tilting. I'm seething. That is one of my least favorite things
1: I've said. I think I've said before, but like in a best ball draft where you cleanly set up the stack and it's like, oh, it looks nice. And there's no real reason for that person to take that QB. And yet they do it. It's just like, oh, your your incompetence is ruining this for me.
0: Yes, you you completely ruined my day. Um, We are, if you guys are underdog cardio club members, uh, we are going to spin a wheel. Here at the end, got some uh, some prizes for you guys. So we'll do that at the end of the draft. I almost blocked you, NSFWHDC, Davis Matic, cheaper than Tinder, Pete without a hat on. Oh man, this is hot. Thank you, NSFWHD. I appreciate your words of affirmation on this Tuesday morning. Is Davis really cheaper than Tinder, if you, if you do the math? <laughs> uh, I just sent Davis uh, his wedding registry gift um, because I can't make it out to the wedding. I was... I think I got a pretty good joke in there. I did select my gift specifically for the bit equity and the combination note on the card. You know, I don't want to force it. I think it should probably make its way onto Twitter. I don't know if Davis will though. Is it a, a cool new skateboard to do his kickflip tricks on for his wife? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, in his registry, there were not uh, skateboard options. It was all very run of the mill stuff. Um, there there's a there's another funny it's not my story to tell but uh patrick laird said of a gift too and uh hopefully davis shares that on twitter as well
1: oh man i i'm not getting any gifts from nfl players
0: Those is, is laird on a roster is he is he on the Dolphins still he, he's on i think he's on their uh technically on their practice squad i don't think he's technically on their uh 53 man Uh, i know you had it in the uh the fantasy life
1: newsletter this morning because that was the one part i got to read before the show but uh, the tyreek hill Tua thing is getting kind of creepy where tyreek's talking about showing up to his house to do his dishes at 2 a.m like i get wanting to pump up your qb but it seems like he's really like he's putting on a little bit too much of a show to the point that almost makes me worry about tua yeah he is
0: uh he's laying it on very thick uh very thick and it it, it is kind of, it makes sense, right? Like two has taken a lot of shit, you know, with some of those noodle arm throws and all of this stuff. And Tyreek is, uh, he's really coming out and pumping his bags here. Let's see what I, I think Um, I like Higby here. Gets us a little Rams chargers correlation finishes us off at tight end. What do you think? Yeah. I think Higby makes sense. Uh, we don't I feel like we have enough
1: running back. I mean, we don't have enough running backs, but like, I, I feel like we can't keep taking
0: more at this point. And we can kind of think through, I mean, one of our options for, we could do, um, like a, a three QB build where we get Davis mills to stack up with cooks. And then, you know, we could take like a really high upside third quarterback, I think would be something we could, uh, we could do with this build. Yeah. I think mills makes sense to me. Um, Honestly,
1: you could talk me into just rolling with mills and hoping for the best. Like i I'm really married to two QBs and two tight ends now in a way that could be uh, an error in judgment, but I'm like, even when I'm taking shitty ones, I'm now locked in. I'm only taking two QBs and two tight ends.
0: Yeah. I don't, you know, I would say I I'm with you in general that I don't mind pushing it. Uh, I do think burrow and mills is one where I wouldn't um, feel bad getting like a third stack. Like, That would be one where, you know, Mac Jones goes, but like, say you get Mac Jones and then you add Tyquan Thornton in as like a last pick, like, I don't mind, I don't mind that kind of stuff. I mean, looking at the other available quarterbacks here, I think we can also still wait a little bit on Mills, just knowing how everyone attacked quarterbacks so early. Look at every, all these teams have two quarterbacks early. I really don't see many of them going with Davis Mills as a third QB. So I would I don't mind waiting in that sense. And then we're still kind of able to scoop. I mean, Tyrion Davis-Price here at 173 seems nice. Anything else jumping out to you?
1: No, I mean, unless we wanted to reach a receiver, I feel like Price Davis-Price would be the move.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one thing we could do, because we're making a pretty big bet on the Texans. You know, basically we took Damian Pierce, we took Cooks. I think we could grab one of Nico or Mechie as well.
1: Okay. Uh, Willis pointing out, too, can't believe we passed on Algier. I, look, I've got enough Algier to carry me through multiple tournaments at this point. He is still... I think he's going to be my first $1,000 player uh, if I keep drafting.
0: Yeah, I uh, I have a lot of Algier, too, and it's, it's by... It's literally just something that has structurally happened just because I'm picking running backs a lot in that range, and he's often the guy there. But going back to my player take thing, I, I have zero confidence in Tyler Algier being a smash pick, but uh, boy, do I have a lot of him.
1: I have more confidence in Algier than I do in Atlanta. Like, I think, like, I've made my stake for Atlanta. I've said that I think they're going to win the South. I think they could sneak that one away if it just really just takes a Brady injury to get him there, or, you know, just Brady you know, regressing to what he should be at a man of his age. But I think Algier, to me, like, if you put him in a lot of different scenarios, like where he was one of those rookies coming in, like, if you were on the Jets, I think you'd feel similarly. If you were on the Chargers, like, it feels similarly to what you feel about those guys. And that's me, screams value. And I just think Algier, too, like, all it takes is him running with the first team in camp, and he's going to go up to, the hundreds like the you know 100 flat rather than 150 160 that, that's me screams value
0: so i think we should we can think about our structure here to round this out so we're at one quarterback six running back six wide receivers two tight ends we're done at tight end i think we're done at running back um you know we i think we recovered nicely this is a pretty good six rb build so to me then the, we're obviously going to draft a second quarterback and we're obviously going to draft one more wide receiver. So then we kind of have a luxury pick that is either an eighth wide receiver or a third quarterback. And I think it, I think it could, it could go either way. I mean, did mechi go? Um, no, uh, Nico did
1: though. Nico. Did. Okay. So yeah, I, I prefer mechi to Nico. So that's, I would try to do the Houston double stack, even though we do have uh, Pierce like I don't normally love doing a double sack with the running back for a team that's also not very good. Um, but I wouldn't mind Mechie and then and getting Mills and then whatever you want to do with the, the third slot.
0: Yeah. Um, let's uh Bullock, it is too early for these soccer jokes. I will not indulge these
1: yeah ga asking too apparently ga did not watch the end of ship chasing where pete put us on the the stage there to give our hot takes apparently mine wasn't hot enough but yes i do think atlanta uh, will win the south but like in an ugly way where it's like a 10 and 7 south victory or or even 9 and
0: 8 not not a runaway somehow when you deliver that it sounds like you're talking about the civil war i do believe (laughs) atlanta will win the south Look, I mean, you got to rally
1: the people behind Atlanta. I think they – great stadium, the Mercedes-Benz stadium. Like, if you want a quality stadium, that's one. You can't doubt the Benz brand. That's right. That is
0: right. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. I say we definitely do Mechie here. Okay. I'm on board. And then – so assuming we get Mills, you know, then your real kind of question would be do we take like a high upside – you know, quarterback, like a, like a Ritter, a Malik Willis, or do we just raw dog it Davis Mills and burrow and then tack on maybe, you know, a little bit of that. We're talking about Quez Watkins could be a pick. We could draft. We could, we could find another wide receiver that gives us some correlation there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say just go with two QBs. Like, I, I think Mills' job is pretty safe. Like, that to me is the indicator. Like, we didn't take Pickett, who I guess you could question, even though the odds really are favoring him being Rookie of the Year. So you got to think he's going to start. But, like, it's not like a Mariota-Ritter thing. Like, Silas is asking about my take on those guys. Like, I like Mariota, but I also think there's a good chance that maybe he doesn't start at least the whole year, if not, you know, getting booted out of the preseason at some point for Ritter. But I think Mills, like, who are they going to play over Mills? Like, I don't even think they have anybody that they want to try out developmentally.
0: Yeah. Um, because we're I would say like if there was a really clean, you know, stack here for us, like say in that example where we had, you know, Tyquan Thornton and Mac Jones was there. Like if there was someone to at least single stack that made sense for the third QB and gave us the upside, I think I could be persuaded to go with a three, six, seven, two. But I'm with you. I'm uh I'm okay going with uh just Mills and I, I think we shouldn't mess around. We should grab Mills here.
1: Yeah. Do you know who the Texans backup is, by the way? Because I didn't know this until seeing it right now. The Texans backup. Um, is
0: it? Is it to Rod Taylor?
1: No, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Okay. Yeah. Kyle Allen, who I think I also saw through Christian Kirk's girlfriend on Instagram, oh, uh, also recently engaged to a Sports Illustrated model of some sort.
0: There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, all right. So, yeah, I think we're, we're set up here for a 2682 build. I think we are in decent shape. And I would say... Quez Watkins would probably be my preferred thing here. We have our Houston um, big game stack with our Jacksonville bring back. We have our Burrow double stack with a little James Cook bring back. So our other kind of big bet that we don't have week 17 correlation on right now would be our two new Orleans players. So Quez is kind of the guy I'm honing in on, but is there anyone else that's interesting to you? I would throw in Paris Campbell, or not Paris Campbell, excuse me. Uh, I'm thinking of mixing up
1: my Colts also rands. Uh Zach, what's his, what's his name? Who I always forget now. Zach Pascal, sorry. He's the new Eagles receiver who could be taking some Greg Ward snaps. So I feel like if you didn't want to go Quez, that's the other option. But um, Quez like, has some positive analytics things too, where he actually was pretty good for a guy who didn't play you know a crazy amount of snaps last year. So I would go Quez. But I'm just going to say the, the Zach Pascal thing, because that is somebody they went out of their way to sign for some reason this offseason.
0: Wouldn't be that, – that feels like something very on brand for you, you bringing <laughs> Zach Pascal. Welcome to the family. He's one of the Spags guys now. Oh,
1: Zach Pascal, true paisan. <laughs> it was shockingly good for What – didn't somebody tout Zach Pascal as a ride-or-die pick last year like in a really meaningful way? I forget who it was.
0: Um, I forget too. That does sound vaguely familiar. Uh, the chat also pointing out we could just super stack this Houston-Jacksonville game with Visca as well. Pete, you're the new dad here. I won't steamroll you like I like when we found
1: out, and you wouldn't let me take Melvin Gordon. So if you want to take Visca here, then follow your heart, buddy.
0: Where is Visca? Did he get? Did he get drafted? I don't see him in the queue. I can't imagine he did. Oh, someone did. BC, <laughs> this room's too sharp. It's Mookie took him. Mookie, oh him. wow, killing okay. the dream. That <laughs> yeah, pick one ninety three, no less.
1: I mean, Zay Jones, I don't mind either. People are screaming his name. I take a good amount. What's someone
0: request too? get out of here? Oh, Who are these people?
1: That's just rude. I
0: guess it might be Zach Pascal. <laughs> I mean, let me just put Zay. Are we missing anything else? Ew, ew. You could take Shakir for Buffalo if you want to. You want to go double up on on Buffalo? Yeah. All right. I I think this is the first time I've taken Shakir that shouldn't be the case. Like given how much every other rookie gets steamed up and he's
1: actually in a good offense.
0: Yeah. The bills have definitely been, I mean, you see with, um, you know, Gabe Davis, like he had a slow runway with incorporating him other, you know, another kind of comparable for where Shakir was taken. They had drafted Isaiah Hodgins a couple years ago. He's never seen the field. So I feel like the path to relevance in that offense, they've definitely been more willing to bring in veterans like Sanders, um, you know, groom guys in-house like McKenzie. So it's not as obvious to me, but yeah, I don't I don't mind taking a flyer. On people really on wanted hand. us to take Zay there. I, I like Zay Jones. I don't
1: get the people going crazy about Zay. Lundar seems gonna be wide receiver too. That's all right, sure.
0: Um all right. So this is what uh real quick here, just before I spin this. So we're gonna be doing some different uh prizes, but I figure for this first one, I got some alt underdog cardio club merch in here. We got a water bottle. And we have an Underdog Cardio Club gym bag. So I'm thinking what we do today is two water bottles, one gym bag. I will email you with a promo code. These are just so, uh, you know, if you you want to pony up, this gym bag is not worth $185.69, but we're trying to make this exclusive for UCC members. If you want to go pay that price, knock yourself out. Um, But I will send you a a promo code to knock the price down and then uh, also a gift card to get this gym bag here spags what can you didn't you didn't complete the cardio club right you were too no, lazy so, of course because you guys wouldn't do apple watch if you could do apple
1: watch workouts i would have done it but i no, could they,
0: they did do apple watch workouts No, but it wasn't
1: like i could go play ho- i could go shoot
0: hoops i could go ball out i mean if you could i would love to see a video of you drafting teams you know there's there's guys out there that play with one hand i could see you <laughs> one-handed assassin out there drafting teams Doing basketball. Uh, if if of-
1: that had been made clear to me, I would have done it for the bit. <laughs> but unfortunately, no. People are, by the way, baffled by the prices. Uh, Mad socks,
0: like, holy shit, that's a pricey water bottle. Do you guys get? <laughs> do you guys not get this? I'm the one who sets the price. If I set it at its true price of you know twenty four dollars, then anyone could go and buy it. Underdog is very. Um, I like how they do this. They make their merch very exclusive where they only want it available through giveaways and prizes. So my way of hoarding or protecting it, putting a moat around it, uh, is by jacking up the price and then giving you a promo code to knock it down. So everyone just relax, okay?
1: Wait, but so if someone did buy one, if they were like, I really want this gym bag for $186, like you would hit up Underdog and be like, hey, somebody wants to buy this?
0: no i it's this is all drop shipping i mean i'll just oh. get paid i'll just get your fucking extra 100 bucks for buying that so if, if you want to make that purchase <laughs> you can go for it all right this first one will be for the water bottle here
1: all right there we go if you want a 900 hundred dollar water bottle this is your chance to spin this wheel and make the deal
0: also i forgot to take my username off of this so just if my name comes up everyone relax oh maddie g friend of the show ship chaser lives like 15 minutes from me uh everyone knows him as gormanji on the ship chasing streams congratulations maddie g you won a water bottle let's see more like maddie h2o after that. Huh? <laughs> uh, this is for the second water bottle here who do we got ben jam cam i believe Another Deposit Kingdom uh, member there. Congratulations, Ben Jam. Cam on the water bottle. And now for the boutique gym bag. I, I actually need to order one of these just like, see? It, it, it looks like it's very nice quality. The bag legitimately costs, like, $50. So uh, congratulations to whoever secures this gym bag here. You'll have to let me know how it is. C. Carlton, another name I recognize. You congratulations.
1: Carlton dance with that victory.
0: Yeah. I will uh, I will be in touch with you guys. I'm going to ignore Spags' as Carlton dance <laughs> joke. Uh, and we will continue to do these street, or, uh, prizes at the end of Best Ball Breakfast is on Mondays. And I also know Hayden and Josh are going to be doing a prize wheel for UCC as well on their Monday streams. I'm not sure what their schedule is this week with the holiday, but uh, keep an eye out for those as well.
1: Yeah, there you go. Chris Carlson in the chat saying big W. He's excited to get his freebies on this one, Pete. And uh, can people still get in on the mix here to get the, some of the giveaways going?
0: Yeah, because they did extend Underdog Cardio Club for one week. Um, I believe you guys got to check the fine print on when that final day is. But as our guy Josh Frick um, proved, you can bang these out uh, in a short amount of time, if you're willing to do a shit ton of cardio. So yeah, if, uh, if this looks like fun to you guys, they did announce, obviously the, the secondary perk was rake back on all future cardio club BBM three drafts. It comes to about $3 a draft. So if you have a lot of BBM teams left, um, say you had 50 teams left, say you wanted to do all of those as cardio club drafts, burn a lot of calories, you get $150 back. It's basically that in that case would be six free BBM three entries just for uh, doing more cardio clubs. So pretty good deal. Nice perk uh, by our friends over at underdog.
1: The irony is if you're doing cardio, you're going to benefit your barbell drafting.
0: I know it, it is truly, truly ironic. The, the, the true barbell bros are, are tilting so hard right now.
1: Well, make sure you are, of course, subscribe to the Peach channel so you can track whenever these give giveaways are going on on some of his streams. Of course, follow up Peter Rivers at follow at Chris Bags. Make sure to subscribe to the splash Play channel as well to get my solo Friday streams. This Friday, this past Friday one, I think was pretty solid as well. Actually drafted some really good teams on that one because people probably weren't paying attention for the holiday weekend. So uh, go check that one out and subscribe. they trying to get to a thousand subs on that channel so we can make the ones and ones of sense from the splash Play. Content on there uh pete what's your schedule coming up here with you and your and in your in-laws house doing all really special
0: brand of content with floral patterns in the background thank you yes um no i'm yeah gonna have a, a slow show i can't talk slow show schedule uh the next two days here so yeah no club top shot tonight and tomorrow brian and i are flexing lols until later in the week Um, and I believe Davis will be filling in for me on ship chasing tomorrow night. So shows will still be happening, just delayed with other guests, all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on a soft vacation. I would call it just didn't want Jack Selman to see those curtains behind you. exactly yeah i mean if there's one thing it's his precious little boy eyes can't handle those kind of patterns <laughs> all right there we go so make sure you're checking out peach channel of course follow at peter rivers at
1: follow at chris packs follow at splash play pod and check out football outsiders too. the almanac coming out within the next two weeks or i think the next uh actually one week so that's a great source of information if you just want something to read at the beach uh, print it out get the hard cover if you want for yourself but check that out over at football outsiders we will be back with you guys on thursday at 2 30 so enjoy the rest of your weeks see you then <laughs>